Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Here I am in beautiful Guanajuato, the city of Guanajuato, in the state of Guanajuato, in magical Mexico. And looking around, if you can see behind me, there's this beautiful old university. It looks like a castle made out of granite or some gray stone. And there's a few uh, churches around with these big red domes that are kind of the color of raw clay and this over here this huge cylindrical market or semi-cylindrical building which holds Mercado Hidalgo which is where a lot of people do their business around here and you know yesterday I came out here on the roof and I looked around and I realized I've seen this place before I saw this place about five or eight years ago in a dream flying in around this valley I recognize the university is that real is that even possible because that's exactly what happened you know sometimes in uh, in moments of lapse of awareness or lapse of lapses of inspiration I go on the internet and I start arguing with these hardcore skeptics or debating with them and I find a lot of the time that they will stop and they will say, listen, you are a gullible idiot. You will just believe whatever thing is, whatever shit is served up on the plate in front of you. And it's normally not that I'm taking that the position that I believe in something. Not even that. It's normally that I'm taking the position that something shouldn't be rejected out of hand. So, for example... The, the idea that vaccines cause autism. I mean, there are several uh, studies that you can look at that investigate the link between injecting aluminium and causing autism or, or the occurrence of autism, that is, uh, or other studies about possible mechanisms that, that could explain how homeopathy works. And so for that, they, they will call me a, a gullible idiot. And uh, Amanda Rashwitz, uh, the dragon anarchist, wrote this interesting article about this, uh, describing this sort of cycle of belief. So when you, when you start, when you're young, uh, you kind of believe in everything. And if you go to church and they tell you that, that Jesus loved you and died for your sins, then you'll probably just accept it. But then you, you grow up and mature a bit and you start to put the puzzle pieces together and you see these contradictions and you point them out and they don't really like it. And you get this, this negative social pressure or you get kicked out of the church or you just decide, hey, these people are a little silly. I'm going to leave them alone. The third stage is, uh, well, this, the, the full second stage is where you start to be a hardcore skeptic. So you say, None of this stuff is true. Anything that sounds a little iffy, a little mysterious, that is complete horseshit. And a lot of people get stuck in that phase. So the third phase is uh, one which, uh, when I interviewed my friend uh, Leandro Dixon, we talked about this at length. So the, th the third phase is when you discover, actually, not everything is bullshit, not everything is true, and you have to navigate this labyrinth of beliefs to try to find out what really works for you. The other day when uh, I did an interview with Jeff Berwick, he asked me if I believe that the outer world is a reflection of the inner world. 
And I said, I definitely believe that to some extent, and I'll give you some examples. So you have the reticular activating system. So this is a function in your brain that when you're looking for something, those things are going to stand out to you. So the typical example is your friend says he's going to buy a, a, a Ford Futura or whatever uh, and then all of a sudden you start seeing them everywhere. Uh, the same thing happens if you believe in something. If something is relevant to you then you're going to see more of it. So you're going to see the things which confirm your beliefs and then built on that you have this confirmation bias. So not only do you see these things more but when something enters which, which isn't of that nature of belief then you reject it or you feel very uncomfortable. This cognitive dissonance prevents you from fully exploring the things which are contradictory to what you believe in. So those are a couple of things. Then you even have this social element. So of course you surround yourself with friends that are of similar beliefs. Uh, and even if you don't, even if you have a wide group of friends, um, and I, I'm sure I've made this mistake in the past, when you're very strong or when you have a very certain belief about something and you're willing to defend it to the point of getting angry about it, the people around you will start to say, well, actually, I know this thing which contradicts Kurt, but I'm not going to mention it because he's just going to get angry and that's not, that's not really fun. So this can happen to people a lot. Um, and then the, there's the other side of the bubble effect. Today we have Google and other search engines which, based on your search history, will present you the things that you want to see. So based on these, these few things, we can see that this, this is a real thing. Like, it sounds very woo-woo to a lot of people if we say the outer world is a reflection of the inner world. But it's there are to to this scientific extent or to, the, to these facts that we already know, which aren't really in dispute, we can see that that's definitely the truth. I think it actually goes a lot further than that uh, based on my own experience, but just with those small elements, we can see the truth of that. Another thing with LD, when I asked him about that certainty, why do people have this need for certainty? They get caught in that second phase, as I mentioned. And he said something that surprised me because I'd been wondering about this for weeks. He said the reason people get stuck in that is because of disappointment. So once you get disappointed realizing that Jesus doesn't really love you or uh, angels aren't real or, or uh, fairies don't live at the bottom of the garden, uh, you, you get disappointed and some people will react to that as a kind of trauma. So as this stress response, they develop this hard case, this skeptical case. Uh, they're not going to accept these uh, woo-woo ideas or these fanciful ideas. Related to that, I used to be a door-to-door -door salesman and we would knock on, say, 100 doors a day. And intellectually, you know that when you knock on the door, somebody's probably going to tell you they're not interested. But if... If you're a good salesman, then what you do is every door you approach, you believe that you're going to get a sale on that door. And it's validated because when you believe enough, at the end of the day, you have two sales. Likewise, you spend a lifetime believing in miracles and you just see one. That validates your belief for an entire lifetime. One of my favorite movies is Harvey with Jimmy Stewart 
And so Jimmy Stewart plays this unusual character and he says, he says this quote, which I'll paraphrase, it still sticks with me today. He says, my mother used to tell me that in this world you've got to be oh so clever or oh so nice. I was clever for years and I much prefer nice. So we have this choice in life. Being clever and proving people wrong is one thing you can do. And, you know, if you want to do that, go ahead. But you have the option. That's just one of them. You can, if you'd like, go around making people a little happier, being nice, introducing a little magic into their life, giving them this shift in perspective. Do you want to be that guy? Because you can. That's available to you. A lot of hardcore atheists believe that if they were to change their beliefs in an extreme way, that is, uh, in something that's not constrained within these limits of what's acceptable in their circles, if they were to accept a belief that were outside of that, they would believe they were being delusional. But here's the thing. If you're in a cult and that cult tells you that this is the only way, this is the way, the truth and the light and the only way to salvation is through us, you'll probably be pretty suspicious about that cult. So if your belief system tells you the same thing, maybe you should be a little suspicious. This world is like one great big puzzle. And it's not a puzzle with a single solution like a Rubik's Cube, you finish it and you're done. This is, a, this is a puzzle with a million or a billion solutions and you can keep choosing new ones. You don't have to stick with one. You can cho choose multiple, you can choose one each day if you like. Do you want to live in a world that is mechanical? Do you want to live in a world where you are like a cog? And the only expression that you have is the expression of the forces that are acting on you. Or do you want to believe in a world of chance? A world where strange things happen? A world of mystery? A world even of meaningful coincidences? Or maybe you even want to believe in a world of miracles? Just on the off chance that one day you'll see one happen. When I get caught up into these debates with people on the internet or in person, sometimes, I rarely say this, but sometimes I just stop and think, don't you ever wonder? Don't you ever pause and say, what if? What if something like this is true? What if there's something completely amazing and strange that I have no idea about? What if the limits of my knowledge are so small that they're just contained within my life experiences and there's a whole world out there waiting to be discovered, ideas waiting to be put together like different constructions of architecture, like puzzle pieces that fit in a million ways? What if? What if your way isn't the only way? And if you live your life in this way, if you stop to wonder every now and then, maybe you spend months wondering, maybe you spend years wondering what's true or what if this thing is true. And maybe at the end, you arrive at the exact same conclusion as when you started. That would never invalidate the experience that you had captured by wonderment, 
enraptured by mystery, fascinated by what might be, transfixed by what might become. That is freedom. The glory of being is within you. The glory of being is all around you. Thanks so much for listening. Have a miraculous day.